listening to The Bulletin, the podcast from the St. Andrews Economist. My name is Elliot Bavitsis, and today I'm speaking with Brenna Boyer about Venezuela's economic and political crisis. Brenna, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I, I, I know you're coming in over the phone from abroad, but it's it's uh, I guess that's really cool because it's, we now get to have people from all over the world, I guess we can say, speaking on The Bulletin. <laughs> I, I feel like I should clarify with that. I'm not in Venezuela right now. I'm in Austria, mm. but yeah, I'm, no, I'm still abroad. Of course. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so you, you wrote quite an insightful article on the uh, on Venezuela's current current political and economic crisis and where it is right now, especially with some uh, rulings that have happened in the UK. Can you uh, explain a little bit what's going on? Uh, yeah, so basically the end of December of 2021, uh, I believe it's 20th of December, uh, the UK Supreme Court has ruled in favor of giving um, Venezuelan interim president John Guaido access to uh, gold reserves stored in the Bank of England, um, which is around 1.4 billion pounds. Uh, Guaido, the interim president, and Venezuela's actual president, Nicolas Maduro, have been in sort of a legal battle for a few years now over access to the gold reserves. Um, Maduro is apparently seeking access to the gold reserves um, for what he claims uh, so that he can transfer money to a United Nations development program within Venezuela in order to purchase medical supplies to fight the pandemic. Um, But Maduro doesn't necessarily have a great legacy of doing what he says that he's going to do and doesn't really have a great legacy of honesty. So a lot of critics are fearful that he'll use the funds instead to perpetuate um, corruption in his government, to use the funds to reward political supporters, to pay off foreign allies like Iran, Russia, North Korea, Cuba. who support his regime so that he can cons- consolidate political power against uh, the opposition led by Juan Guaido. Um, so a lot of people are fearful that that's what he'll actually use the gold reserves for. And I guess the fear is strong enough and the threat of him doing that is strong enough that the UK Supreme Court has ruled in favor of denying Maduro access to the reserves. Um, And then I guess the implications of that ruling would be that through the Supreme Court recognizing Guaido instead of Maduro, it's almost an unequivocal obligation for the rest of the United Kingdom's courts to recognize the legitimacy of Guaido as interim president of Venezuela instead of the legal legitimacy of Maduro. So in that ruling, the UK is kind of making a statement saying that they support Guaido and don't recognize Maduro. That's, that's um, interesting. And that's basically so if, the, the gist of the ruling. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because, uh, so if you're Juan Guaido right now, obviously, you know, a few years ago, you stormed, on, stormed onto the scene, you know, but declared Maduro illegitimate. All the Western nations back you. Now you officially have access to all this gold, and so it's a lot of money. What does uh, what does it mean for the the uh, the Guaido camp in Venezuela's crisis? See, that's the difficult thing. Um, 
in my opinion, the greatest significance of this victory by Guaido is that it gives the opposition more legitimacy in the international community. Um, and it sort of acts as a rallying force for people uh, in Venezuela who support the opposition. And it kind of shows them, hey, in the international community, it agrees with you. They they don't recognize the legitimacy of Maduro anymore. They recognize that he's an oppressive dictator. Um, and this is sort of like a legal mandate which proves this. But unfortunately, I think the reality of this is that, yes, it's a great thing in theory, but realistically, there there isn't really much significance in terms of getting Maduro to actually step down. Um, I know that his lawyers are still fighting this. I think they're they introduced an appeal right after <laughs> right after the ruling on the last week of December. Um, and realistically, like this doesn't give Guaido the right to depose Maduro from power. I mean, Venezuela is a sovereign nation. Um, so with the UK legally recognizing Guaido's Maduro, uh, legitimacy over Maduro, with the US rec uh, recognizing Guaido's legitimacy over Maduro, it doesn't really mean anything. Because short of invading Venezuela and deposing Maduro, there's nothing tangible that other countries can do besides, you know, giving Guaido access to Venezuelan reserves in foreign accounts. But that, I mean, yeah. really, that's it. So you can see it almost as a victory. Um, the international community furthering their support of the opposition, but there aren't really any tangible benefits. And on top of that, um, oh, some actors within the international community are also withdrawing their support of Guaido. I know that the EU has, in the beginning of 2019, throughout 2021, and I think until the beginning of 2021, um, the EU has recognized Guaido's legitimacy in opposition to Maduro, but they've since withdrawn that and are now a neutral party. So um, I think that is indicative of a global trend of people losing faith in the efficacy of Guaido's opposition. Um, and maybe maybe this UK ruling um, will help reinforce people's faith in Guaido, but I'm I would like to be optimistic but I'm not really sure that only this ruling will help reinforce Guaido's uh, optimism. Mm -hmm. And also, so so for Guaido then, so you're losing international support, but now you've all this officially, there's, there's legal, a legal precedent that says, even if it's not in your own country, that says uh, you have a bunch of, a bunch, a bunch of money, a bunch of gold, uh, is this does this give Guaido momentum or down the line is 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 his his camp in this crisis going to have actually more trouble because if I'm if I'm not mistaken I believe Maduro has strengthened his grip on the country since this all 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 this uh all this uh, uh turbulence unfolded in Venezuela. Well, that's exactly the thing. I mean, this the UK Supreme Court ruling does give Guaido. Uh, a legal mandate for ownership of the gold and in implication his, this gives him a 
mandate to recognize his legitimacy, but only within the UK. Um, I mean, the UK courts have no jurisdiction over Venezuela whatsoever. Um, again, like like I said before, the only way that this is relevant is, well, I guess there's two ways that it's relevant in that it gives Guaido and the opposition access to a considerable amount of money that would otherwise have fallen into Maduro's hands. And it also puts the UK support behind Guaido. But realistically, like you said, Maduro has cons consolidated his power within the past year or so. Um, I mean, he's he has control of the courts. He's had control of the, the courts since 2004. So, like, at this point, it's pretty much seen as um, just something for show, uh, sort of a sham legality within Venezuela, the Supreme Courts, which in Venezuela is called the Supreme Tribunal of Justice. Um, in, in 2017... He essentially used the Supreme Tribu Tribunal of Justice to render the National Assembly, which is basically the legislative body of Venezuela. He used the STJ to declare it in contempt, which legally and constitutionally within Venezuela makes it powerless because it's, it's in contempt. However, because Maduro controls the STJ, obviously the legitimacy of that ruling is questionable. But realistically, um, the National Assembly, which was the last bastion of defense against uh, totalitarianism, has now, well, has been for five years now, I guess, been declared in contempt. And um, the National Assembly is what Juan Guaido was, is the head of. Um, so that's why it was called into contempt, because, you know, they're opposing Maduro's political rule they're opposing his regime. Um, I know in 2017, he also made amendments to the constitution, which give him more power, um, which was also the, the legality of that is very questionable. Um, so he basically has all of the political organizations within the country under his thumb. Um, and the only organization that at least somewhat opposed him has been declared in contempt. And then on top of that, following his re-election to being the president in 2018, in 2021, there were further regional re-elections for, you know, gov uh, regional governors and stuff like that. And the opposition actually boycotted those elections. And there was also a National Assembly election recently. The opposition also boycotted those elections. Um, I mean, they weren't going to win anyway because... A bunch of independent analysts have for years reported corruption in Venezuelan elections. So the opposition wasn't going to win anyway, but they refused to even participate. So there's no chance that they would have even gotten a few more people in office for governorships or for uh, legislative positions. Um, so because of that, Maduro won a landslide victory in almost all facets of every single election for the past few years now. Um, so there's really, the opposition has really, um, in my opinion, blundered in that way and that they're, they call themselves the opposition, but they're not doing anything realistically to oppose Maduro. Um, and I mean, I know it's easier said than done because it's a totalitarian dictatorship. Uh, Maduro has been known to 
declare his opponents in contempt and put them under house arrest, put them in prison, um, contract assassination attempts on some of his political opponents. So I understand the dangers of opposing Maduro, and I'm sure that that played a factor. But in my opinion, with the opposition making a con conscious decision to boycott elections, that was an error. And I think that has drastically put them in a different light in the international community and perhaps has led some countries like the European Union to lose faith in the endurance of the opposition. Um, I know that Biden is still pledging his support to Guaido going into 2022. And with this new Supreme Court ruling, um, it's implied that the UK is also going into 2022 with their explicit support of Guaido against Maduro. But um, I mean, <laughs> if if that really has any significance in the long term, it, that that's to be seen. I mean, just I guess it was in the beginning of December, um, you know, Along with a totalitarian dictatorship, there's always state-run propaganda that's sort of um, expected now. So Maduro has a great <laughs> propaganda machine. And in the beginning of December of 2021, um, a new cartoon series was released on state-run television called Super Bigote, which basically means super mustache. And if you've ever seen a picture of Maduro, he has this big, giant mustache. So it's meant to symbolize Maduro. And what Super Bigote is basically saying is that um, he, Maduro is staying in power regardless of uh, contemptuous U.S. sanctions or meddling with Western nations in the Venezuelan economy. Maduro endures. Maduro is staying in power. Um, and I mean, this isn't the first time that Venezuelan state propaganda has made spurious claims about uh, Maduro's power, Maduro's supremacy, um, Maduro's infallibility. I mean, obviously, it's his propaganda machine. So, of course, they're, they're going to laud him um, and portray him as almost a person of superhuman status. But um, to be honest, this cartoon is the first out of the propaganda machine that I can see that has some sort of um, realistic basis to it. Um, Maduro has consolidated his power. Uh, there have been sanctions from Western countries against Venezuela. There have been political backings of the opposition by other countries in opposition to Maduro and his regime. But that hasn't worked. I mean, that's been going on since before Maduro. This sort of Western opposition has endured since Chavez was elected in the late 90s. Um, and it hasn't worked. I mean, the Venezuelan economy is in shambles. Maduro is still in power. Guaido has been spearheading this opposition for three years. Nothing has happened. Um, so I can I can see the truth in this um, cartoon. And I mean, I hope that the super mustache of Maduro doesn't endure, but I, I can see it enduring, and unfortunately, he's winning the war, and the main victims are the Venezuelan people who are suffering the losses of economic growth and stuff mm -hmm. due to sanctions. I mean, it's not only due to sanctions, it's also due to uh, Venezuela being a failed petro state, but 
the real victims of this battle between uh, Maduro and the West trying to depose him as a dictator is ultimately the Venezuelan people. Um, and I think that a lot of people often forget that. Like, it's seen as some sort of ideological battle against a totalitarian regime, which, yeah, that's great. I mean, within Venezuela, there's so many human rights violations. Um, and especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, Maduro has used the excuse of the pandemic to increase state power and to jail reporters, politicians, even healthcare professionals who oppose the state uh, narrative about COVID and other things. So um, his control is in totalitarianism is getting a lot more despotic. Um, but I mean, there needs to be a lot more done, I think, on the side of the opposition. You can't just say that you disagree with him, get some allied countries to impose sanctions, and then essentially do nothing for three years. Um, mm -hmm. Because Right. I mean, Guaido is the king of life, but he's not in Venezuela anymore. And it's the Venezuelan people who are suffering because of this inaction, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. So Maduro uh, is greatly uh, consolidating. I have is that where, so Maduro, there's a huge consolidation, as you've explained. Um, Guaido, but Guaido's got all this gold now. Where does Venezuela's oil fit into this? Because whenever we speak about Venezuela, you can't ignore that. Exactly. Um, and so actually, I just read a report the other day that um, Venezuelan oil exports have plummeted just this month um, to the lowest level since September. So it's not a very good start to 2022 as far as uh oil, Venezuelan's oil exports. Um, on top of that, Venezuela's main export is oil. I mean, it's a, it's a petro state. So some, some, some statistics about that is um, since, since 2014, um, roughly two thirds of Venezuelan GDP has um, shrank because of falling global oil prices. I mean, Venezuela belongs to a an oil cartel called OPEC, um, but mm -hmm. it's one of the poorest con member countries of OPEC. So it doesn't really have much um, power within the cartel. So that basically means that richer countries such as Saudi Arabia or other Middle Eastern oil barons can determine the prices of oil globally for what fits them and their economy, and Venezuela sort of has a losing chip. So um, due to plummeting oil prices since 20, well, in 2014, oil prices plummeted. Um, that caused Venezuela's economy to go into a downward spiral. Um, right now, inflation is running at currently 1,946%. Um, and this has only caused Maduro, again, to consolidate power because people are mad about the failure of Venezuelan, of the Venezuelan economy. And, you know, they're mad at Maduro. And Maduro has used this as an excuse to crack down on opposition, become further become despotic. Um, I, as of right now, I think something like 90, 94.6% of Venezuelans live in poverty. 
and over 76% of Venezuelans live in extreme poverty. Um, since 2014, over 6 million Venezuelans have fled the country. It's quickly shaping up to be the largest refugee crisis in modern history. Um, I mean, it's currently on par with the Syrian refugee crisis, and the Syrian refugee crisis has been going on for longer than the Venezuelan refugee crisis. So um, I can only see it getting worse. Um, mm -hmm. since, since 2014, oil prices plunged from more than $100 per, per barrel to under $30 per barrel, and Venezuela is still trying to make up that difference, 99% um, of its export earnings um, make up their GDP. So obviously with the fall of the oil prices, that's why their GDP has shrunk. And on top of that, because Venezuela is a petro state, um, most of its infrastructure is based on the, the success of oil. And with the lack of success comes the collapse of infrastructure. And not only that, but there is rampant corruption in Venezuela, um, where friends of the government, high people in high political offices, embezzle so much money from government programs, from social programs, um, that, you know, it's, that just sort of exacerbates the issue. Um, right. And I That's know that. Pretty interesting. In. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, um, I was gonna I say. Was so that's 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 quite interesting because uh, I if it's it's interesting because infrastructure is something that uh you know especially now if you think about it just globally is such a gauge for you know where 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 countries are and all that and that kind of leads into also a uh, another greater greater economic effects because think about we're talking about a a court ruling in the UK, which is going to impact Venezuela's crisis, which this crisis is what's really created these harsh economic conditions. So do you think also what's, I, I just, my last question to you before we wrap up is that what's the, uh, what's the implication of uh, these, this, this UK court ruling on Venezuela's economic impact on the world? Because as I think you mentioned when you wrote this article, that you know Venezuela not being able to export oil because of this crisis has you know, originally shook the markets. So, are you asking what the how the UK court ruling will affect Venezuela? What's yeah, it's, yeah, what's the knock-on effects to the global economy from this? Right, right, okay. Um, I mean. I don't really see there being a huge one. I mean, like I said, Venezuela belongs to a cartel, uh, an oil mm -hmm. cartel of OPEC. And since they're almost, since I, I think over 90% of their export is oil, um, they don't really have control over how their exports affect the economy because they don't have control right. in the cartel that controls the large majority of their exports, which would be their economic influence in the world. Um, on top of that, the, there's been a battle for the, for the gold reserves for the past year or so. Um, so 
essentially those gold reserves have not been liquid or have not had the potential to be liquid for at least a few years. Um, and I mean, the the world has been fine. Um, and right. like oh, I said, there's really no way right, there's really no way right now that Guaido can use the gold reserves um, because he's not in Venezuela and he's not mm-hmm. recognized in Venezuela officially, obviously, because Maduro's regime still endures in Venezuela and Guaido's in opposition of that. Um, so I think the key thing to remember is that this gold reserve isn't pledged support by the UK pledged monetary support from UK money to the op- to Guaido's opposition. What it is, is it's Venezuelan money stored in a U- UK bank, in the Bank of England, Bank of England, um, and um, he, you, you can't really use that unless you're, you're in Venezuela, because it's Venezuelan right. money. I see. Um, so because there's there's an opposition of legitimacy in regards to Guaido, he can't really use that money yet unless he becomes instated as president, which I'm not entirely optimistic will happen. Right. So anyway, that's really that's really interesting. And thank you so much for such a detailed breakdown of what's going on. Obviously, as you've explained, there's such a it, it, it is, this is just one court decision, but it really touches on so many issues when it comes to migration, economics, or even just straight politics. So I, I'm going to have to wrap it up here, but thank you so much, Brenda, for coming on. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for, for taking your time to listen. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Bulletin from the St. Andrews Economist. <laughs>